Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast, a multi-state tax solutions production. In this podcast, our goal is to help e-commerce sellers and their tax advisors keep up with the constantly, rapidly changing world of sales tax. So let's get started. I'm your host, Andy Johnson. I'm the author of the Amazon bestseller, Start With Nexus, and I am your host today, co-founder of Pizer Johnson & Company, and with me today is my co-host, Dan Peisner. Dan, welcome. Thank you, Andy. Dan is one of the country's foremost authorities in the world of e-commerce sales tax and income tax. And he is the uh, co-author with me of the AICPA course on multi-state income tax. So Dan, today we've got some really interesting topics, some questions that come up all the time uh, in the world of e-commerce. Um, Let's talk about the taxability of packaging supplies. So if you, uh, if you sell strictly through Amazon FBA, then you don't have to worry about packaging supplies because that's all done for you. But if you do any self-fulfillment yourself, then you do. You buy tape and you buy boxes. Maybe you buy pallets, uh, these types of things. And that can be costly. Back in the day when I was selling uh, ground beef uh, through steakburger.com, um, I had to buy dry ice and I had to buy lots of styrofoam coolers and those things were expensive. So the question is, uh, if, you, if you buy all those things and have them delivered to you so you can ship out your products, do you have to pay tax on those goods that ultimately get into the hands of your customers? Your initial reaction would be, what Dan? What do you? What would a typical seller think? A typical seller is going to think, yeah, it's part of the purchase price. I got to charge, uh, or they'd either say I got to charge tax on the shipping, or they may they may say, well, I'm I'm buying the, you know, I'm I'm buying these materials for resale. I'm reselling the whole thing. I I, I want my exemption. Yes. So there's no question that the inventory that you buy, uh, you can buy it for resale. And certainly that inventory comes typically in some sort of packaging, right? And then you provide that whole piece of inventory to your customer and you have to package it. So everything you're buying ultimately becomes part of what you're selling. So the common sense answer would be you can buy it for resale in every state. So Dan, we always talk about the top 10 most pop, pop, populous states. So tell me about your research on this issue. How do we look in, say, California, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Michigan, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Texas on this? Well, uh, in, in, if we're talking about packaging supplies, uh, for the most part, those do tend to be exempt because they, they get sent in the, they get, uh, as we mentioned, they're part of the, the final product with one, uh, one very special caveat, and that's for the, uh, if, if you are a manufacturer and, and it's in your manufacturing line, then typically uh, you, you have, uh, the, those packaging supplies are gonna be allowed. But where the states can sometimes draw a distinction is with distributors. So if you're, if you're uh, doing self-fulfillment, but you're not necessarily manufacturing the goods, you're buying them from maybe a third party. Maybe you got a contract manufacturer, or you're you're buying them from uh, other suppliers yourself. 
and then you're repackaging those goods. Uh, in the case of Ohio, you are actually not considered to be making a sale at retail uh, in a lot of cases. And you may, and in that case, you may, uh, if, if you're just distributing them to a somebody else, uh, you you may not qualify to uh, buy, buy those uh, those materials tax exempt. Uh, you would actually have to pay tax on all those packaging su supplies. Uh, and and as it so happens, Texas shares the same view that if in, unless you are making a sale at retail, uh, you you cannot uh, or or actually manufacturing the good, you cannot buy those those materials tax exempt. So I, <clears throat> I noticed in some states that they have a, a pretty tight definition of what's considered a packaging supply. So for example, in California, it has to be a non-returnable container that you're buying. Uh, if, if so, then, you know, like tape or cardboard, you're certainly not counting on people to return that. So that, that would qualify. Uh, there's a similar... <clears throat> restriction in Florida, uh, they say that it's not taxable as long as the materials are used only once, your rapid, you know, your tape, etc. And the delivery of the product would be impractical without the packaging. If you didn't tape it up, it would fall apart on your way out there. And three, the materials are used for the convenience of the customer. So as with any exemption, uh, exemptions what do we say, Dan, about strictly construed? Why are exemptions strictly construed against the taxpayer? Uh, the, the language that I've heard used by at least a few states is because they are the antithesis of equality and equal taxation. You're, you're giving somebody an advantage over something that is universally taxed. Yep. So you have to strictly qualify for the exemption. So charts are great. and We're going to provide a chart to you in our show notes. But... Just because it says exempt, you have to, to look a little bit deeper. So <clears throat> generally speaking, for most scenarios, when you're just a distributor, um, then in these 10 states, your purchase of wrapping and packaging supplies, and if you're a big purchaser, you may not have realized that. When you go look at your purchases, you might see that all your purchases, a typical vendor in this space is Uline. Right? They sell all sorts of wrapping and packaging. Uh, some of the goods that you buy from a, a vendor like Uline, you can buy for resale, and you might not have done that. So there could be, you know, if you buy a million dollars worth of wrapping and packaging supplies, uh, that would be $80,000 a year in sales tax that you may be overpaying. So hot tip right there. All right, Dan. Um, so any, any other words you want to say on that topic? Yeah, just a, a quick note about the U-line uh, before you go you, you go off to the races with a resale uh, or exemption certificate in hand. Uh, just be very careful uh, where, where we've seen clients go astray on that is if they're buying uh, some kind of a pallets or, or bins, say, that would ordinarily be used for, for resale, but they, they keep them in the warehouse for picking uh, because those you're making a personal use of and those are most certainly taxable. Right. Or the, you know, the pallet wrapping machinery or just the hand tools to apply tape, you know, the stuff that goes to your customer, that's what would be exempt as long as they meet the exemption. <clears throat> All right, Dan, another topic that comes up with e-commerce sellers 
is a lot of times they will charge, uh, make an extra charge for shipping and handling. So I wanted to cover handling, uh, whether or not in these 10 states a separate charge for handling is taxable. Oh, I, I hate seeing handling on there because you know, handling is considered taxable in just about every, in, in every one of these states. Probably yeah. not California, right? Because California doesn't tax services and handling as a service. Oh, no, it is taxable in California, believe it or not. It's uh, the, uh, and where the, where they kind of get you is that it's considered, uh, it's not considered a separable part of the sales. It, it, it's considered a part of the sales price itself. It's not a separate service that's being provided. Uh, it's something that would be that it's incidental to the sale. And so the, the states are, uh, they, the states consider handling to be part of the sales price. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why virtually every state is going to consider that taxable if the good you're buying is taxable. And, right. uh, and even in, even in the rare states where shipping is exempt, uh, if you include hand, if you call it shipping and handling, you could potentially taint the entire charge and make it taxable. Right, because if if a state allowed you, you know, to say that handling was exempt, then you might be tempted to sell a million dollar uh, product for a dollar, and then nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars of handling, right? And you'd say, hey, that you get out of eighty thousand dollars in tax that way. That is some handling. <laughs> it's, it's it's all about the handling. All right. So every state taxes handling as long as the underlying product is taxable, right? Not that you made that point. So just because you see T's on the chart, all taxable, you got to remember, make sure what you're selling is taxable. And then if your handling is a separate charge, then in your system, you should apply the same sales tax to the handling. All right. Uh, So you mentioned shipping. So if you just Google this, is shipping taxable? You would probably find out or you'd get an answer that says all these states don't tax shipping. And the answer, the, there's two sides, there's two parts of that. One is if you buy us, uh, you know, if you pay uh, for shipping, you know, uh, for any type of if you, postage, for example, any kind of shipping charge in and of itself, it's not a taxable service. So that's one thing. Um, shipping a freight charge isn't taxable when it's a standalone freight charge. You know, you don't have to pay sales tax on that in most states. <clears throat> but the, the shipping charge I'm talking about is you're an e-commerce seller and you make a separate charge for shipping. And a lot of times people will say shipping and handling. Um, and you still even though you know that's the question, you ask the question correctly, you still could get the wrong answer because you would probably find out in your Google search that shipping is not taxable in California. However, what in a typical scenario, Dan, an e-commerce seller will bundle shipping and handling and they just make an estimate, right? That's not a one-to-one ratio. You know, it's not exact dollar-for-dollar pass-through. So talk to me about in a scenario where shipping charges uh, typically exceed the actual charges, at least don't equal the actual shipping charges, 
how do states treat those type of charging charges by e-commerce sellers? Well, the, the states it will typically tax those transactions. Uh, and, and again, that goes back to your example of uh, the, the $1 product with the $999,999. In this case, it'd be just a shipping charge. The, uh, the states caught on to that one a long time ago. And so they tend to, if, if shipping exceeds uh, the actual cost, and in, and in some states they, use, they say if it exceeds reasonable and prevailing rates, then, uh, then they can deem the shipping to be taxable. So take California, for example, because I know this is, uh, you could Google it and you would find even some software companies that specialize in sales tax would tell you that shipping charges in California are not taxable. Now that's, uh, again, typically they're, they're not, but if you're wild, if you're deciding to had the margins a little bit by raising your, your shipping above what uh, FedEx, UPS, USPS are, are actually charging you, then uh, on audit, you, you may find a nasty surprise. Yeah, because in California specifically, this is a, you know, usually e-commerce sellers, you know, sales in California double any other state sales. So California is a big deal. And you might be correctly taxing the underlying product and you might have, decided you're not charging tax on the sales on the uh, sales tax on the shipping charges and in California uh, it says uh, when the charges for shipping exceed the actual cost of shipping the difference between the amount charged and the actual cost is taxable uh, however if records are not maintained to show the actual shipping cost the entire amount will be taxable so I believe that means that for every transaction, you have to be able to go back and tie back to the actual shipping costs that you paid on that particular transaction, or the whole charge will be taxable. And you can't exceed it. So as a practical matter, uh, the technical answer may be, yeah, you don't have to charge sales tax, provided you don't charge anything more than the actual, and provided you have uh, all the records to show the actual shipping. So as a practical matter, uh, we never advise clients not to charge sales tax on shipping in California. Almost never. Yes, and that's with, with very good reason. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times, you're, if you're shipping through FedEx or, or UPS, getting records past the last six months can be difficult and the, the state's going to come in and say, we want three years of, of your shipping records and you've got to go through a massive FedEx bill or a massive UPS bill. And, and unless your system independently tracks those costs for, for, for each sale, the, the tie back can be a real nightmare. Um, now in Florida, uh, they say it could be taxable, it could be exempt. What can you tell me about Florida? In every other state, in these top 10 states, shipping charges when they exceed the actual cost of delivery are taxable. Florida has some special rules. Well, uh, Florida doesn't even look at the actual cost of delivery. Uh, they look Florida is one of the one of the few states that actually pays pays attention to 
some of the the old uh, the old shipping uh, they call it for the free on board designations uh, and potentially the newer inco terms used in international shipping and uh, what they what what Florida looks at is where where does title and risk of loss transfer to those goods uh, if if in FOB origin or free on board origin, when title passes at the at the point of origin, so at, at the title passes at your dock when it's getting loaded onto the the shipper, uh, then then uh, the transportation services are are considered to be, uh, and, and if the the transportation services are arranged by the uh, the seller, uh, then they are uh, they're not considered to be part of the sales price, assuming that it's the Assuming that the the shipping charge is separately stated, uh, when if instead the goods are delivered FOB destination, uh, the taxability depends on whether uh, on whether uh, the buyer or whether the, uh, the there's a chance to decline the service. And right. So if the customer has the option of saying, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna arrange my own shipping," which the typical e-commerce seller is not giving that option, uh, you know, so it can be pretty complicated in Florida and you might get a little bewildered when you try to read this if you Google it. But the practical answer is um, even though you might see that there's a potential that it's exempt, that uh, you'd be much better off just charging sales tax on your shipping and handling charges in, in all of these states. And I can tell you from experience with a recent Florida audit, they most certainly do ask about that. Yes. Now, if you get audited and you haven't been charging this, then we're going to make every argument, figure out a way, uh, or at least to make an argument why you shouldn't have charged it. But if you ask us, what should we do going forward? We're going to say, hey, to avoid this problem in the, pe in the future, just charge sales tax. All right. So, Dan, we have covered... Uh, what about the purchase of packaging supplies for e-commerce sellers? What are the rules in these top 10 states? Then we talked about handling charges when you just have a separate charge for handling. And then we talked about shipping uh, and why you should probably charge sales tax on shipping in all of these top 10 states. So that wraps our uh, today's episode of our e-com sales tax podcast. You can connect with us at sales tax for online sellers.com and for those of you in our inner circle you can join our members only facebook group for your specific questions so for everybody else thank you for attending this podcast and we'll see you next week